<laughs> Alrighty. Um, even if uh, one of the things that I do is I, you can get the invite in a smaller form as well. And you know, when you go through the McDonald's drive-through, because we all go through McDonald's now and again, eh? You know, when, when they pass you the order, you give them one of those. So I've got something for you too, and then you, and then you drive off and see there's no sort of like awkward moment. So um, I want to encourage you to do that. I, I, I gave that's cheating. No, it's not. It's being wise. <laughs> I um, I gave an invite to the guys. Who gets coffee from the guys at the end of the, the gorge there, just outside Alvey Mark, just before Alvey Martin? Guy makes some mean coffee. Uh, but I went there during the week and uh, I was getting a coffee and I had an invite and I just said, "Have you guys seen this guy?" And the guy that was working with the owner says, that's Ted DiBiase. And I said, that's right. I said, you know, where he's coming? He said, where is he coming? Up to the rock, up on the gorge there on Sunday night. You're joking me, man. I said, no, that's, is, he bringing, is he bringing Virgil with him? And I'm like, now Virgil was his offsider. It was this big guy, this big black muscly guy. And I said, I don't know. He said, man, is he coming here? He knew who he was. He was more excited than I was. <laughs> so I want to encourage you this week. Just to, 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 to take a step of faith, take a step of trust in him, and just hand it out. And you might be surprised who actually knows him. You might not have a clue who he is, but someone may, and they may be interested to come hear his story. And so let's, uh, let's get into that as a community. Uh, because as Haley said tonight, you know, it is a value here. And so it's not just something that we do, it's who we are. We're evangelistical in nature. Our heart is to, See people reconcile to Christ, amen, and to share uh, this incredible person with the lost world. Um, and I've shared countless times, but you know, it, it really is. He is the greatest person one person could ever hope to meet. And the more you actually know him for who he is, the greater the love that's formed within you, the greater that you just want to share. And so I want to just encourage us to take the step of faith and um, invite people. But it's going to continue again. I hope you're not sick and tired of love and submission or love and surrender. Uh, I know this whole area of submission can be quite a sensitive topic, uh, a bit like money. You know, when you touch on money, you see everybody withdraw. And it can be the same with surrender or submission. Everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on, where, where are we going? You know? um, but this is a topic God birthed on my heart some weeks ago. Uh, and as we've been looking at, if you haven't been here, he wanted us to look at it in each of the different environments that we find relationships in. So one-on-one with him. We've been talking about if surrender isn't there, it won't be anywhere else. It's the surrender that happens within him that enables surrender to happen here. And then Danielle and I opened up a little bit of a window into our marriage and talked about what love and submission looks like to one another. Last week I talked about um, what it looks like in our home. And I uh, talked about how that as parents, we are to set the culture, we are to set the environment that our children are brought up in. Our children aren't to set it, because I said if our children set it, that would be one crazy place. It'd be a crazy fun place for all about five minutes, and then World War III would erupt, and it'd be chaos. And if the children were going to set the culture, then the standard diet would pretty much be ice cream, lollies, and cake, and on the side, a little bit of quiche if Lily was doing her My Kitchen Rules cooking. So I shared how in the Simnor home, it's Danielle and my role to set the culture, to set the guidelines, and then to firstly be able to demonstrate that reality that we're setting out and then encourage our children to live up to that standard, to live up to that, that guideline. And it's no different here. God is the Father, isn't he? He's the father of his house. Who's the modern day house? We are. Okay. It's not a building. It's us. So he is the, he is the father of his house and we are his because when we surrendered our lives, we shared this last week, we gave over our lives to him and we said, I am now yours. And so he, he wants to be father of his, of his houses. The challenge is whether we will let him be father of my house, his house. And so what does it look like inside 
a bigger context of the body of Christ. What does love and submission look like? And we're going to look at that, and I've got a, a series of scriptures that we're going to just work through, and the scriptures will speak for themselves. Um, his, his, his culture, unfortunately, fortunately, is not a democratic one. So we, 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 we can find ourselves arguing with him. We can find ourselves, uh, in war against him. But he, he doesn't move. His, his culture is a theocratic one, which means there is a king and the king has the king's ways. And the king, his ways will be done. And, and the quicker that we can understand this as his people, the greater it is for us. But like in my home, we can, we can, my children can wrestle with dad. They can, they can try and manipulate dad. They can try and coerce dad. They can try and sweet talk dad with their beautiful blue eyes and their long blonde hair and they can flick their hair around and play the whole puppy look like my dog plays with me when she looks at me sideways. Um, but ultimately dad isn't going to be moved. Dad isn't going to be persuaded because dad sets the culture and dad knows the culture and dad knows what's best for the children. And he's the same with us. He knows what's best for us. He created us. We didn't create ourselves, so he knows what's best. So what does it look like in a body? Because when I read scripture, the outcome of love and submission in a spiritual family is oneness. A spiritual oneness, not a physical oneness, but a spiritual oneness. And we've been looking at that last week at, uh, at, at Furnace. So what does it really mean to be one in spirit? Because it's an outcome of love and submission. Wholeness. Wholeheartedness is an outcome of love and submission. Well, the Bible clearly teaches us to love God with all of our heart, doesn't he? So if we surrender to him, if we have a divided heart over time, he will heal the brokenhearted, set the captive free, bring recovery of sight to the blind, and proclaim, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And we will experience a life of wholeheartedness, wholehearted devotion to him, which sets us free from the things that we are holding on to, idols in our lives, and releases us into this life of incredible freedom. And the Father has created an environment called his body, and then he puts his design into it, and he says, I wonder whether my people will love and submit to one another. Will they? Because if they can and if they will, then these people will be formed and established and the kingdom of God will be completely established and they will come to full maturity in me, fullness of the faith, the full knowledge of God, the perfect stature of man on the earth. But will they love and surrender to one another? And that's what we're going to look at a little bit, knowing that he runs a theocratic government. <laughs> and uh, here's a thought for you. We can't have the life that God promises for us without God's process. So we can't have the life that God promises for us without having God's processes. Anyone tried that one? Who's tried to manipulate him, knowingly or unknowingly? Who's, who's made some bargain deals with God? Hey, if you do this, <laughs> I'm going to do this. I mean, that, that's sort of arrogant, isn't it? I mean, I've done it. You know, If you knew how good the deal was you were getting right now, God... You'd be, you'd move heaven and earth to make this deal happen, wouldn't he? <laughs> and so we try and they go, oh, I'll give you this, I'll give you a bit of that, I'll give you a bit of this. He said, Greg, I gave you all. I gave you all and you're trying to bargain with me and gave me a, a quarter of you, but I gave you all. What sort of a deal is that? And so if we want the life, the fullness of the life that God promises us, we have to do it God's way. And that is a way of surrender. 
But surrender in the world is weakness. Isn't it? Isn't it, Keith? Hello, Keith. She says, I'm English. Me and Keith are English. We're English. We weren't created to surrender. (laughs) Winston Churchill said we will never surrender. (sighs) And that's in us. There's this thing called self which doesn't want to bow itself down. Never mind. What about to man? Mate, God's a big enough struggle. But to man, you want me to submit to my fellow man? Now you're really taking it a step too far. You see, how was David able to not touch Saul when King Saul was trying to take his life? But he would not touch God's anointed. He would not touch the king. He had God in into such a measure that the man was able to keep a reality and then come into a, a, a greater reality when he was formed king. But how come? He says, I'm not, even if this man kills me, I'm surrendering to you firstly, Lord, and I will not touch him. He could have, couldn't he? Here she gave him a little reminder he could have taken his life. So what does it look like here? What does it look like in, in this family? What does it look like to firstly surrender to one another and then surrender to leadership that God has put in place? See, we don't like surrendering to people, do we? But it's part of his design. And so we need to. We need to understand God would, why God would put it in place and why we would all have to surrender to it. Love and submission. Love and submission. Surrender and love. But man in the world, surrender is weakness. But in the kingdom of God, it's strength. It's where humility is birthed. And Paul recognized, realized this position. When Jesus said, you know what, Paul? My grace is sufficient for you, son. He's saying, take this thing away from me. And God's saying, no, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is perfected in your weakness. So the impulse is, wow, if that's the case, I'm going to celebrate. I want to remain in this position, the spiritual position of weakness. So this power can be perfected within me. So once again, surrender in the world, not. But in the kingdom, it's a way of being. It's a way of operation. It's an operating system that God operates his kingdom by. And so we'll either fight it or go with it. That's the the challenge that that we all have. So um, I'm just going to just give us some scriptures um, that just talk about that it's, it's all of our role to love one another first. Okay, so just a real basic one. We've hammered this over the time, but John 13, 34, 35. So John 13, 34, 35. A new commandment I give to you. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. That you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So there's a, there's a big ask right there, isn't there? I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a commandment that I'm, I'm telling you the commandment is that you love one another as I have loved you. Well, he loved them with unconditional love, so he's asking us to love one another with unconditional love. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So are we saying the defining evidence of being a disciple of Christ is love? So Jesus sets the bar, Jesus sets the truth, and Jesus says the defining reality of a disciple is mine, are those that love one another as I love them. Have we got a bit of work to do, Yuri? See, that starting point, number one, it's 101 Christianity right there. It ain't reaching lost people. It ain't finding out what your gift is and trying to find out how to prophesy. It's not finding what your ministry is. It's called loving one another as he loves. Why? Because you know him. Because you've surrendered to him and there's been an interaction that's happened and a transition that's happened that's brought you into a place in the spirit. So now you're able to fulfill the commandment. Why? Because you've surrendered to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. There's nothing that can separate you from me. 
So will you surrender to me so we can do some work here? Chris, don't give me a quarter of your heart. Give me all your heart because you're going to need all your heart for to love me with all my heart so then you'll be able to love everyone else with all your heart. See, the rich young ruler didn't get it. God wasn't after his riches. He was after his heart. One thing you still lack, son, you've kept all the commandments. That's irrelevant to me. You can keep all the commandments, but if I don't have your heart, you never come into the life of the commandments, so it's a waste of time. See, he was the God of his own world because he wouldn't surrender his heart. His idols were just the fact that he was the God of his own heart. We get confused and we think, oh, he was into money and all that. No, he was into himself. And because he was into himself, he had idols. So Jesus says, love one another. Ephesians 5.21, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Be in surrender to one another. Be subject to one another. The word really means being in alignment to one another. Once again, one-on-one, in a marriage, if you happen to be married, in a 12, in a family, in a body, in the fear of Christ, in the reverency of Christ, not the fear of Christ, in the awe of Christ. Because of who God is. It's a beautiful thing to understand the reverence, the fear of the Lord. Not in a, not in a petrified state, in a state that lifts you up and edifies you and has you living for Him in a realm. It's like, man, we sang, holy is the Lord. Is there anyone that can untie the scroll? No, yes, there is. Not yes, there is. There is one. The Lamb of God. Have an awesome reference, reverence, sorry, not reference, reverence. As you surrender to one another. The Christ in Chris. The Christ in me. We've talked about that. 1 Corinthians 16, 15 to 16. Now I urge you. You find these words in Paul's letters everywhere. He's constantly urging. See, there's desperation in the man's heart because he's come into a reality that he wants the church to come into. So he's constantly, you see, if you read his letters, I urge you, I urge you, I urge you. I believe the Holy Spirit would urge us today. Brethren, you know the householders, Stephanas, that they were the first fruits in Achaia and that they have devoted themselves for ministry to the saints, that you also be in subjection to such men and to everyone who helps in the works and labors. So he's saying men of Corinth be in subjection, subject, surrender, be in alignment to these other men and to everyone who helps in the works and labors. What's really clear from Scripture is that we are all equal in Christ, but we have different functions, yes? So one person is not better than the other in Him. But what is different is we have different gifts. We have different power or grace that's been given on a gift to perform a particular task. And this is where we need to subject or align, surrender ourselves to the grace gift on a person, knowing that we're equal, but we still have to come under the person's gifting because the gifting is for us. That's what Ephesians says, that in in those five particular gifts, they're gifts, (laughs) and I give them to my church. So to have someone with an evangelistic gift in the body and to not have them unwrap the present would be horrific. It would be like having the most amazing present turn up which had $10 million inside of it, but you never opened it up because you didn't realize it was for you. and You didn't appreciate it. So it sat there your whole life and you never opened the envelope and found there was a check for $10 million. And we have to contend, we have to wrestle, we have to come into an understanding of this Because if we don't, guess what we're not going to be? The people God calls us to be. Because we can spend our lives fighting something that's for us. Because we don't understand it.
And that's partly what we've been talking about. But some people have been given giftings, authorities to have over us. Now, if that person is truly operating in that gift, you know where they'll be? They won't be over you, they'll be under you. So they actually are over, but they're under at the same time. And they lift up the body. So they don't, they're not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What was it? Lording, thank you. They don't lord it over They're underneath and they lift up because they've been given power. They've been given a gracing which enables them to lift up and go through certain things to see the body established as the body. But once again, if we don't understand this stuff and these people come and they start speaking, it can absolutely paralyze us because the reality in which they're releasing, which is Christ on them, can be so counter-opposite to the flesh that the flesh runs a trillion miles away from what is being spoken. Because it's trying to comprehend, remember, the grace gifting on the person through a fleshly lens, and one and one will never equal ten. But we try and make it, because we're hearing through the flesh, not the spirit. And so you see this love and submission happening as equals, and then this love and submission has has to happen from those that are called into a leadership role. And yes, you know, let's be honest, we've probably all sat under some bad leadership. Maybe we've been hurt by leadership. We're all on a journey, so no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. But we've got to move past all that, having grace for one another and believing in one another, hoping best for one another, knowing that we're all for one another. We're not against one another, we're for one another. And so that could be cemented into our thinking that every time we hear something that actually, oh, upset me. If you remember, hold on a minute, that guy said he was for me. So I want to go to him to ask what he meant by that because at the moment I'm slightly out of sync. But what I do do is whoever it is, actually that's right, we're all for one another in this community. So I go to my brother because I know I'm for him and he's for me. And we're going to walk this out. I don't sit there and then talk to Pam about my brother. Oh, do you know what he said? Do you know what he said? I really got no, no, he said that. No, 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 no. And now defile Pam because Pam has no reference point for what was said. But now I've just defiled Pam and then Pam tells Vera. And then she defiles Vera. And all of a sudden, poor Tim over here is being slammed by three of us. And it's called gossip. Why? Because I didn't go to him or he didn't go with me because I didn't realize I was for him. You see, we have to find this place. So let's come with me to Romans 12.4. So my question really is, what is the point in leadership in the body when it comes to surrender and submission and love? what What's the point? Because would we agree there is a point to leadership in the body? If there is no point, then it, I don't know why God put it in there. It'd be a waste of time. But if there is a point, then we need to understand the point or the points as his followers, don't we? Because there's a purpose for everything and it's for us. Romans 12, verse 4. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function. So that's what I just basically try to say. We have many members. We're all members, aren't we? In one body. Okay, Spiritual body is one. It's not 50 million. It shouldn't be all these denominations. It should be one. It's called the spirit and truth, one, okay? Um, And all the members do not have the same function. Say, I do not have the same function as the person beside me. Okay, now you actually might do because you may both be evangelists or you may be apostles or you might have the gift of hospitality. but, But what it's trying to say is ultimately there are a number of gifts 
in this one body. And so when they all come together, you have oneness. So I've given you something so you can function well. If you come down to verse 6, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Okay, so we have these gifts and they differ according to the grace given to us, which really is power. According to the power that's given to us, the empowerment to live out that gift, to exercise the gift accordingly, so the work of the gift is expressed, which means people can receive the gift and be impacted. You see, a prophet in his own town, the Bible says, when Jesus was there, he had no honor in his own town. He couldn't do many things because there was a familiar spirit that was happening, that was going on, and so people couldn't receive. This is the problem when we know one another a little bit. Oh, it's just Vera. I saw what Vera did last week. Well, Vera told me, told me off. Ah, flag her. So when Vera comes, and releases this prophetic fire on her. I'm not listening to that. <laughs> nah. Why? Because I'm too familiar with Vera. Jesus' own family thought he was cuckoo. They thought he was nuts. They came to take him away. <laughs> you see, so we have to be able to exercise the gift accordingly. Every one of us that has a gift, you have to be able to exercise accordingly for the life to be birthed. Do you know, that can be really hard to do, depending on the gift. Some gifts are even hard to exercise accordingly more than others, because some gifts have explosive power with them, and you're trying to carry it, you're lucky if you don't blow yourself up. Never mind anybody else. How do I even carry this thing that I didn't ask for. Anybody ask for your gift? No, it was a gift. <laughs> so I was like, oh, great. He says, you've got to figure this out. Come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. If you know me, come to me. We'll walk this out and you'll be able to administer in the gift. But the audience has to be receptive to the gift, because the gift can blow people out the water. It can, truth can repel as well as it can attract. And as people of the Spirit, they're really, if we're in the Spirit, there isn't any division. See, division only occurs when we're in the flesh. But we've been chosen and called to walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5, live in the Spirit. Understand the things of the Spirit. Understand that you are not a people of the earth, my children. If you've received the Spirit of God, you are disconnected from the earth. You are people from another realm called eternity. You happen to be living on the earth, but now you have heaven in you. You have me in you. And I'm going to redefine you so you no longer live from the earth. You don't hear the ways of the earth. You don't see the ways of the earth. You act and you speak from people from another planet. Planet heaven. Or planet kingdom. Or planet ABC that they haven't found yet. and never will. <laughs> but you happen to live here. But we must function as those from the spirit. Yes? Otherwise, we won't become the people that he calls us to become. We'll just stay as these earthlings. That's what we'll be. And we'll be washed in his blood, and that'll be nice, And but we'll never actually become and live from this fullness that the Bible talks about, this power that's within. Why? Because we surrendered and we did it God's way. And we chose to get planted into a family. Not a club. Not a club membership like Greg goes to the gym. But into a family. Where you don't leave the family. Because mum and dad say something that you don't like. 
because you don't understand what mum and dad are saying. You go to mum and dad and you ask the question. Because mum and dad have your best interests at heart, don't they? Don't we as parents? And you know what? Mum and dad aren't leaving the child when the child messes up. Anyone walking away from their child when they mess up? No. So even when they don't meet the standard or the guidelines, we're all in this together. God says, I'm not going anywhere. And the quicker we realize that, the better then we can walk as a family. But spiritual family and physical family are two different beasts. And unfortunately, because we're in the flesh, we tend to see physical family as greater than spiritual. And we tend to make our decisions and our choices based around that. And so the spiritual family of God really never gets developed to any real size because all of our choices, we keep choosing one over the other and we won't surrender to his design. Now, I'm not talking about leaving anybody behind. I'm talking about leading them into the reality that you're trying to live. Um, Ephesians 4, 7. But to each one of us, grace, power was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So once again, we can see that these gifts that are given into his body for his body to function and function well. Um, come with me to 1 Peter 4. And time flies, eh? 1 Peter 4, verse 10. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving self. No, sorry, one another as good stewards the manifold grace of God. So once again, where are we serving with these gifts that we've been given? Because you literally can serve yourself. I could be serving myself right now. And ultimately, you wouldn't know, only he would know, whether my agenda was purely for me or for you guys. So you can... Take the gift that's been given you and then go, thanks, now I'm going to serve me with it. And we wonder why his body is starving over here and you've got one arm trying to be a leg, a shoulder, an ear, an eye. It's trying to be the jack of all trades because the foot, the toe, the finger, the chest are having a party on their own over this side, building their own empires. And we're supposed to surrender because the gift's not even ours. It's his. And so he said, would you help me establish my kingdom with, oh, by the way, my gift? <laughs> so we're serving one another, ultimately, for this spiritual family that becomes one, which is the bride who's returning for. Uh, 1 Peter 5, 1 to 5. This is a bit more wordier. I love these titles in the NASB, Serve God Willingly. Okay, 1 Peter, 1 Peter 5, 1 to 5. Therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elders and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God among you. Okay, this is to the elders, which I am one of, Vera, Chris and Sandra um, Logan, and Paul Costello. Okay, so I exhort the elders among you. Okay, as your fellow elder, Paul is an elder, and witness of the sufferings in Christ, and the partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, 
and not for sordid gain. Well, I've got a full-time job. I'm busy. Vera and Chris and Paul and Sandra, they've got full-time jobs. They're busy people. They've got families. They've got lives. They've got everything else that you guys have all got. And they're to serve voluntarily. They're to lay their lives down to shepherd you guys. If you guys say this is your spiritual home, if this is where you've decided this is where I'm going to plant me and my family and my roots and surrender to the work, they've been given responsibility from God to shepherd and govern you. So I guess you've got to decide whether you're here or not, eh? Because because of that, there's going to be a way in which things flow that the family are to adhere to. Mm. Not for sordid gain. And once again, do people abuse leadership? Yes. Do people hurt others as they abuse leadership? Yes. Is everyone perfect? No. Are people going to make mistakes? Yes. But if we're for one another and we love one another as Christ loves, we have grace for one another to enable everyone to grow, yeah? We don't put people on pedestals so we can chop them off. We love. Okay? But with eagerness, so, sorry, let me, but voluntary according to the will of God and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. So leadership are to model. Vera, myself, Paul, Chris and Sandra are to model something to you guys. That's a big ask, isn't it? Responsibility starts right here. Greg, will you love as you expect others to love? Will you surrender, son, and come under me? Will you demonstrate a reality and be an example because people follow what you do, not what you say? That's why you've got to be so careful as a parent. You know, when you hear yourself, <laughs> I got nailed two weeks ago. My wife nailed me, good and proper. And uh, I'd use this word that it was, it was, no, it wasn't a good word, but it wasn't a swear word, it was a slang word. So I used the slang word because I was frustrated and um, forgot about it. And then we're in the car and uh, we, Danny was in the shops and I said, where's your mum? And Lily said, she's in the... Shop. Now, it wasn't a swear word, but it was the same slang word that I used. And I went, what did you say? And Lily was all like, Woo! I said, don't you dare use that language in this car, in this home. That is not part of our culture. And then Danny came in and, well, why is Lily upset? Oh, I told her off. She said, and then she said this. She said, that's what you say. No, I don't. I'm sure I never have used that word. Yes, you've used that word more than once, and it's why she says it. Ishk. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're like, I'm going, am I going to try and justify myself out of this? Am I going to deflect the blame, or am I going to own up? Got me. That's right. Yes, darling. And then I turned and I said, Lily, I'm sorry. For saying what I said to you, that came out of my mouth. Will you forgive me? Lily, that kids are beautiful. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> but in a moment, my wife nailed me. And will I be the example? But I'm growing, we're growing as an eldership, and we need grace, and we need love. And so we ask for that, because as leaders... And here I'm saying we, we, we really 
we're all followers and we're all leaders. Because if we're going to influence someone, we, we, we're a leader. We're all called to follow. Um, and so we're called to model something. And then it says here in verse 4, And when the Christ shepherd appears, you receive the unfading crown of glory. You younger men likewise be subject to your elders and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. So there's this eldership model, this reality, shepherd my people and then my people will align themselves. Come under my people, come under the eldership, listen, seek their wisdom, seek their guidance on things that you need that are important things. Like if you're going to leave a community, seek the wisdom of the eldership, involve them in the process. That's a pretty important thing because you're not joined to a club it's not like you're going, oh, well, am I going to go to Les Mills this week? Or am I going to go to Exodus Gym? Or am I going to go to City Fitness? You know why? Because, well, it's cheaper over here. They've got a better bench press over there. So I'll choose which one I'm going to go to because I'm part of a club. Hear me? Now, this is spiritual family. This isn't bloodline. This is something far greater than that. So, yeah, I'm not talking about whether you have ham in your, in your, in your grocery trolley or luncheon but on matters that are really important of spiritual family, seek those around you. Seek the counsel of others that God has put here for you. Otherwise, what would be the point? There is no point, is there? There's none. None at all. So there is a reason for everything. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Ooh. Clothe, Chris. Who got dressed this morning? You all did. Be a bit scary. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And the last scripture, and I'm going to wrap this, is just Hebrews 13, 17. Hebrews 13, 17. This is the one that sometimes has a bit of a bite to it, but it's in here, so we're going to say it. Hebrews 13, verse 17. It says this, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an, an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Obey your leaders and submit to them, surrender to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. See, no one wins. God's name is not glorified when we're trying to do it our way. So God's name is not glorified. God's name is not honored. And a world that so desperately needs him, look to those that say they are his, and then make judgments because of the behavior of those that say they're his. And ultimately, we're, we're going to be responsible for some of that. See, we've signed up to become a letter, haven't we? Corinthians. That you're a letter. So when people read you and I, what do they read? Do they read Christ? Do they see these people of love, oneness, generosity? Do they see a people that they can't find anywhere on the planet that looks like them? And so when they come in, into our home or our lives, they distinctly see a difference. And it's such an attractive difference that they would start asking questions around why we are the way we are. 
And so the way God works this whole family out is he puts some people, calls some people, puts a grace anointing on them to perform a work. And then he says, the family, receive from this so together we can all grow and become. But if we're going to fight, if we're going to get it at each throat, if we won't do it his way, if we take the freedom that we've been given and we devour one another, like it says in Timothy, or Galatians, sorry, then we won't become the people and we'll spend more time arguing, bickering and fighting. And people are waiting and looking for the church to be established. And it is, but there's way, way more that we could become as a family. And either way you look at it, I'm accountable for souls. Anyone want to sign up for that? (laughs) I didn't ask for that. I didn't choose that. I didn't make that choice. How fair is that? Is that fair? That I'm accountable for your soul. Is that fair? I don't think it's very fair. But God says, I don't care what's fair. My way, son. Bang. There you go. You've been empowered. Now live it out. We're not here having an argument about that or a discussion. It's my way. Surrender to it. Get over yourself. Okay. And then you have gripes. Get over yourself. I remember him saying to me once, he said, Simnel, you're just a hunk of clay. You're just a bit of clay. Why are you even talking to me right now? See, do we know this aspect of God? And I'm going to back it up with the other side. But the Bible says we're just clay. And the clay doesn't say to the potter of the clay, this is how I'm going to be formed. No, we don't have a say. Okay, It's this way. Now, the other side of God is this relational God that wants to connect with us, but ultimately we have to know who he is for who he is so we can walk that out in alignment. Otherwise, we'll spend half our lives fighting with him, thinking he's opposing us when he's for us. And so help me give a good account of your souls. Help the eldership give a good account for your souls. Because it's going to be profitable for you if we can work this out together in love. Yeah? And my heart is one of love. Now I can say that, I'm hoping I'm trying to model that, but I'm for you all. I'm not here to hurt, I'm not here to upset. There may be times, and you've seen this, where I have to bring things that, man, I'm going, I don't want to say that. He goes, I don't care. Are you going to say it? See, I have to be set free from you to say half the things that he wants me to say because if I'm not set free from you, then I'm the fear of you and I'll never say it, but it's for us, but I know it can repel us. (laughs) And you sit there and you are literally, that's a slang word, but it's a great word. (laughs) You get It's a loss-loss. And it's the same for all of us. He'll give you words to say. He'll give you a heartbeat to bring to someone that you don't want to say it. He says, I want you to say it. You have to say it in love. But see, as we work this out together, then we'll become these people. And here's the last thought. Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say I am? Why? Who do you say that I am? Because here's the catch. He was only to them who they said he was to them. It was irrelevant that he was the Messiah if they didn't say you're the Messiah. See, if he's just a good buddy, they ain't listening to him when he comes with a reality that's going to get in the way of that friendship. They were only to him Sorry, he was only to them who they said he was. I am only to you who you say I am. It's irrelevant if I have a gift on my life. It's all irrelevant if you 
don't say that's who you are to me, Greg. Does that make sense? See, if I'm your friend, man, it's tricky being on staff here. You know? Boss hat, leader hat, father hat, friend hat. I've got a collection of hats. One minute you're someone's brother, then you're the friend, then you're the boss. Not that I'm really in the boss. Then you've got to be father, then you've got to be this, then you've got to be this. It's like, man, that's one recipe for messed up relationship, isn't it? <laughs> you see, who are we to you? Who are you to one another? I'm only to Chris who I can see Chris, the Chris, the Christ in Chris. He's just a brother. He's, in my, he's, he's just a brother. Vera, who's Vera to me? Because I want to submit myself to Vera's grace gifting so I can receive. But if she's just a sister in Christ, when she brings something I may not like, flag that. Next. Flag that one. Next. You, you understanding me? So who are we to one another? Do we even know? This is so huge. I can't state how important this is in his body for the body to be one with him and one another. Because he says, I've given you these gifts that you could minister to one another in them. But at times, guys, if we don't understand that, that when the gift ministers in a way that our flesh doesn't like, then it will repel us instead of drawing us to it. And that's in every gift that we have. But some gifts are more potent than others because they are building up gifts rather than just serving gifts. So a gift of hospitality is to serve. An apostolic, prophetic, teacher, pastor gifting is to build up underneath and build up. So it comes with that grace, that power to build in the spirit. When you think about that, it's power. So it's powerful. So will we resist, will we submit to the power or be repelled by the power? If you have any questions, please email me. Come and see me right now. There is a new friend's lunch. Uh, we need to have a coffee because I, I get that when we start speaking like this, you know, it can sound like, oh, yeah, he's just speaking from his agenda. He's telling everyone to surrender to the eldership and do blah, 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 blah. That's just, you know, that's flesh. Um, and so, but if we need to talk, let's talk. But Father, I, I thank you, Lord, that you're building us. And I thank you, you're building us your way. And it is of the Spirit, Lord, and it's powerful. And I thank you, Lord, that as we continue to surrender to you, in your ways, Lord, that we will become, be, become, we are these people of oneness who will love one another, love you, Father, and go and be witnesses in a world, sharing this incredible person, your son, Jesus Christ, who we know intimately. That's what we're called to be, leading people, discipling people into a love relationship with you discipling them into the commandment of loving you and loving people. And so, Lord, just thank you for this time we've had together. Pray, Lord, the seed the seeds will go deep into our hearts. You'll water them, Father, and that we grow in you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.